Hello, and welcome to the Creepy Ouija Show, your favorite true crime and paranormal podcast. Greetings. I am your tiny, green-haired host, Leash, And I am your not-so-tiny, split-haired host, Taylor. Love that. Love that. Love that for us. Love that for us. Today is our 10th episode of season two, which means we are wrapping up the season. Hell yeah, we are about to move on to season three. And we have a really fun creep show planned for you guys next week. It's very interesting. Yeah, so fun. I'm excited. Anything um, new or fun to report? Uh, I got a massage today. That was tight. Dope, yeah. Um, I left my glasses at work, and I'm really mad about it um because i can't see right now yeah totally blind i offered to give her some carrots but she declined i don't think carrots are gonna fix my problems within the next you're supposed to eat them and then like rub them in your eyes and it fixes uh blindness i typically refrain from rubbing things in my eyes but well you've never tried it so you're not wrong (laughs) i have never tried it maybe i'll try it another day yeah okay yeah, well, <laughs> could have been today, but... How about you, Alish? Anything? Uh, I, I just called you Alish. I don't know why. It's fine. Any version of my name is cool. Alicia. Alish. Leash. Lee, I guess. <laughs> Freak on Alish. Shh. I might not respond to that because it's like, <laughs> you're shushing me. But, um, no, nothing cool or fun to report. Um, I actually want to apologize in advance because I have another really fucked up story that involves child abuse and um, it just happened. Uh, also, our cats are going crazy in the background. I swear it's an everyday thing and they always know when we're recording. They really like just want to steal the show. They do. They just, they like the spotlight. Yeah. So, Can't blame them. Yeah. Totally. They're, totally dramatic. They're both perfect, so. Yeah. Perfect at causing all the fucking chaos. Anyway, um, yes, this week I have a really fucked up story, so I'm sorry if you skipped last week. You're definitely going to want to skip again this week. Skip ahead to Taylor's. Um, Mine's not fucked up. But, yeah. Also, this story is huge, and there's no possible way that I could have covered everything without, like, A, this episode being three hours long, B, driving all of our listeners away, and C, basically just wanting to end my own life. So Sounds good. Yeah, so I condensed basically 32 pages of notes into 12, (laughs) so it's going to be a wild ride today. So buckle up. Are we ready? I'm ready. For A cult let's go all right so i'm covering the family international the family international is a religious sex cult that was formed in huntington beach california in 1968 by a small group of long-haired guitar playing flower loving runaway teen hippies i totally almost covered this the other day really when i did it yeah oh my gosh well It was bound to come to you guys one way or another. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, yeah, that sentence was really loaded, and I'm going to break it down for you. So the group started out innocent enough until David Berg rose up as leader of the group, claiming he was chosen by God as the last prophet before Armageddon. Don't they all claim that? Always. They're always the last fucking prophet. David Berg was born in Oakland, California in 1919 into a very strictly religious family. Both of his parents were independent pastors and evangelists, 
associated with the Christian and Missionary Alliance. David was brought up on wealth and the power of God, but unfortunately that did not protect him against the evils of the world. Allegedly, David was physically and sexually abused by various caretakers by just three years old. David also recalled that at a young age, another boy at church taught him how to masturbate, and eventually his mother caught him jerking it, and she was so pissed that her logical punishment was making him masturbate in front of his father. I... No, I, I just don't, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I, no, it makes no I sense. I don't want to know. Especially when you're so religious, like, it's just surprising that that would be the punishment. Like, doing it more and doing it in front of your religious parents. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. Nope. Cut it off. Yeah. So, by this point, we, we all should know how trauma can manifest. So, I'd say it. It makes sense for the way things are going to play out here today. So anyway, David grew up to be a Christian and Missionary Alliance preacher, just like his parents. He would travel from church to church with his family, spreading the good word with this inspiring message. Quote, a teenager witnessing revolution is encouraged to prove that Christ is more than the monkeys. Oh, Except no one really knew what he was talking about. It was just kind of like a smile and nod. David is on his fucking loony shit again kind of situation. Like, So because of that weird message that he was trying to uh, pass on and preach, he wasn't having much luck holding down work. So he moved to Huntington Beach, California in 1967, where he found more stable work running a coffee shop. David had a new line of work. But it didn't stop him from doing the good work, and he continued to preach to the young folk who would listen to him, eventually gaining him a little bit of a following. When David realized these young people were willing to listen to him, he was truly elated and figured if he wanted them to stick around, he'd need to change things up a little bit. In a 1979 newsletter, David wrote, quote, I saw something was really happening and was really going to explode. I just knew it. I saw the Lord was really doing something. When I began to come down and teach in my dark glasses, beret, baggy pants, old torn jacket, and tennis shoes. So basically he changed up his look to fit in with the younger crowd. And to David's delight, his sick as shit new look totally worked for him. Sounded like he was looking like a whole snag, I guess. Good for him. In his mind. And maybe, I guess, these young hippies' minds. So, as David got in with the lazy, beach-dwelling, sing-songing, God-loving hippies of the area, his weird monkey message was cycled out for a better, more captivating sermon. God would soon be returning to Earth to hand down judgment and to avoid his almighty wrath. His followers must live a full-time, no-nonsense life, completely devoted to God by showing their love for him. I love that. This statement will become more ominous very soon. Perfect. And the best way to do that would be to abandon all of their possessions and move in together. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) Under David Sovereign, the group became known as the Teens of Christ 
but was quickly changed to Children of Gods in hope that it would appeal to a wider group of more vulnerable, rebellious youths looking for somewhere to turn to. This name change could be endearing, but also kind of fucking predatory. Yeah, a little bit. Because David was literally 50 years old when he picked this name for this group of young children following him. I, I would say that's kind of kind of fucking weird. A little bit. In addition to switching up the group's name, he also decided to switch up his own name. Followers were encouraged to refer to him as David, Moses, Moses David, King, King David, Father David, the last end time prophet, Dad, Grandpa, or Mo. Just Mo. Okay. So together, Mo and his children of God worked to spread their message of salvation, apocalypticism, spiritual revolution and happiness, and distrust of the outside world, which they would go on to refer to as the system. Mo began love bombing his new recruits and giving the more outstanding members, basically the ones who passed out the most pamphlets and got the most recruits, a reward in the form of a title. Leaders of the group would be called the chain, which amped them up and fueled their little righteous fires. I mean, it does feel pretty good to earn a title by somebody that you look up to, you know? So I will admit, like, I probably would have been like, sick, yeah, let's go. I'm a fucking chain. Sure, daddy, let's do it. <laughs> yes, grandpa. <laughs> okay, so the group would go out during the day to pass out pamphlets and spread their word. God is coming. You're young and hot. I'm young and hot. If you want to take your hot ass to heaven, you should join the children of God and live with us. And this old guy, Mo, and his family. (laughs) Because, like, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, I'm convinced. And this message totally worked for them. By early 1969, children of God had over 50 members and decided to hit the road and expand into different cities. In just eight months after forming the group, Grandpa had recruited over 200 members as more and more young people joined the movement they began setting up communes in various cities but there was no time off when you were a child of god all day long members would be out working to bring in more followers to listen to david's messages and his messages were getting darker as he focused more heavily on apocalypticism than anything else. I have trouble with that word. It's not very easy it's for not, me. It's not an easy word to say. It's not very easy for me. In the early 1970s, inspired members dressed in sackcloth and publicly conducted demonstrations denouncing America's abandonment of God. The system could not be trusted. They were just literally out there in the streets wearing fucking sacks and, like, yelling at people. It sounds kind of relevant. I mean, why. yeah, but, like, I don't understand the whole sack thing, like why (laughs) anyway i guess uh the the last end time prophet's powerful word was spreading quickly and all around the country members were moving in together communes housed dozens of adults and their children all under one roof and the common the communes were to be referred to as home and all who shared your roof were to be referred to as family or families so It didn't matter if you were related or not. Like, you were now a family. Members were required to abandon all personal belongings, 
surrender all of their money to the group and were not allowed to work traditional jobs after joining as their new full-time job would be to recruit, 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 recruit. That's your job. Go out and get those people and bring them back and move them into your house and their children and give me all your money. That seems captivating and I, yeah, I would like, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. logical, logical. Right. Because the group was expanding so quickly, Mo needed a better way to reach members and share his messages since it was now becoming impossible for all to attend in person. So he came up with the idea to start a newsletter called Mo Letters, which was often written in the form of comics. Mo Letters would be sent to all families, detailing his prophecies and reminding everyone that he was God's prophet, prophet for the contemporary world sometimes sprinkling in relatable stories about his weaknesses and failures and sometimes sprinkling in encouraging sexual content um i okay Okay. so (laughs) so listen to this (laughs) get a fucking load of this in 1971 in the 1971 february edition mo letter Grandpa wrote a little story called A Shepherd Time Story, where he described his, quote, happy folds. Uh, I don't know what that means, but that's what I found. And this talked of children of God protecting little lambs, children, who, quote, laugh and sing and dance and play and fuck and bear lots of little lambs and the shepherds like it. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yes. So. Somebody saved those fucking lambs. mm, Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay. So we're only three years into this whole cult thing starting. This whole group, the children of God, they're three years old as a group, as an organization. And things are not looking so great now, considering that that's part of the messages that he's sending out. No. Throughout the 70s. David began to preach about the importance of sexuality, claiming that God was love and love was sex. So there should be no limits, regardless of age or relationship. This would become basically one of his main preachings, topics of preaching. I don't know, sermons. One of his main fucking things. So later... A former member would come out to say the group, quote, actively encouraged sexual activities among minors as young as two or three years old. Oh, no. So David is now preaching that members should be actively engaging in pedophilic and incestual sex with family members in their homes. And mind you, this is rape. Having sex with children is rape. It's rape. And your own children. It's it's incest and it's pedophilia so all the above yeah it's just a it's like it's a three strikes of, it's a lot of wrongdoings get the fuck in out of one here. setting yeah it's just like the worst basically don't the do worst that. i don't think it gets worse than that right i don't no. think so according to the new york attorney attorney general there were an estimated 120 children of God communes worldwide by 1974, all of whom received these Mo letters and followed his word and sexual practices. 
So essentially, the children of God is out on the streets during the day preaching the word of God. And at night, David is running a massive worldwide sex ring involving children. In the late 70s, David began preaching this as sexual sharing to all of his followers and their children. In one of his Mo letters, he wrote, God created boys and girls to be able to have children by about 12 years of age. Accompanied by a comic depicting a mother performing sexual oral acts on a young boy, and another comic depicting a woman lying naked with a toddler, hand positioned positioned near his genitals, with the caption, well, they told us to go to bed. I'm literally going to vomit. He drew these comics, too. It's like... I'm disgusted. uh, I will try to find one that's not involving um, pedophilia um, and post it to our Instagram. Um, Because I did find a few, and, like, it just had nudity. So I'll post one, uh, but nothing with pedophilia because that's literally never okay no not even for your true crime paranormal podcast instagram nope 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 so david's daughter deborah claimed that he attempted to have sex with her multiple times as a young girl and that throughout her sister faith's life david engaged in a continuous sexual relationship with her and his granddaughters claimed that david molested them when they were young teenagers You'd think anyone with an ounce of morality or common sense would take one look at any of these Mo letters and hightail it the fuck out of there, but David had brainwashed his followers into believing that allowing kids to explore sex at any age was the proper way to raise children. In 1988, a member of the cult addressed the Mo letter in an interview with 2020 saying, quote, it's just a piece of educational material. It's actually fun to watch a child, in this case, experience life. I cringed while reading that. No. That is literally the... That is so disgusting. It's actually fun to watch a child experience life by, like, forcing them to explore sexual content. Like, that doesn't make any sense. No. Not at all. I'm literally speechless right now like, yeah i'm disgusted aside from having sex with his wife and daughter david practiced sexual sharing with many women one of whom had a son named ricky rodriguez who david later adopted into his personal family and <laughs> renamed davidito davidito little david uh he brought davidito in at a very young age claiming he would be the next prophet which literally makes no fucking sense because he named himself the last end time prophet so like you're contradicting yourself here david yeah get your facts straight and he immediately began sexually abusing davidito and involving him in sexual acts like watching others have sex and making little david fondle his nanny's boobs Hmm. uh all of this was photographed and described in the Davidito book, which David published as an instructional, an instructional manual on how to raise children. No, absolutely, goddamn not. That is so just mind blowing. Just fucking no, no. <sighs> okay. 
Later on, a spokesperson would comment about David Ito. He was never taken advantage of. Rather, he was allowed to explore his sexuality freely. He was allowed to explore as a young boy what comes naturally, and usually in our society, we do not allow such exploration. Wait a minute. How old is this kid? David Ito was like fucking... I don't know, like a toddler. He's not exploring his sexuality. No, you guys are forcing him to do fucked up He doesn't even know what shit. sexuality is. Yeah, you're literally sexually abusing this child by forcing him to do things that he would never think about. Yeah, You're, call- you're calling it something that it isn't, and it's yeah. just as disgusting as doing it. Quite frankly, it's pedophilia. And rape. And just fucking terrible. And abuse. And fuck you. <sighs> Author Richard Kyle wrote in his book, The Religious Fringe, A History of Alternate Religions in America, quote, the free expression of sexuality, including fornication, adultery, lesbianism, though not male homosexuality, and incest were not just permitted, but encouraged, end quote. Disgusting. Yeah, so a little fun fact here. David preached that masturbation was essentially having sex with God. And all members were highly encouraged to engage in sex with God because sex is love. But men had to pretend to be women every time they masturbated because male homosexuality was still a sin. But it was okay if the girls did it. Oh, sweet Jesus. Girls could fuck each other all day long and masturbate. But, like, men had to pretend to be a woman every time they jerked off. Like... I'm going, I'm not religious, but I'm going to be fucking praying tonight. This is (laughs) awful. I know, dude. Oh, my God. I had such a hard time. I just had a not okay time doing these notes. I was just like, oh, you should have eaten after. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So sorry. Okay, so unsurprisingly, there were a fuck ton of pregnancies happening all over the world because of what was being preached to the members of this cult, and they were all listening. I I don't get it. I'm never going to get it, but women were getting pregnant left and right. So these communes or homes that were already packed with like upwards of six families were kind of beginning to fall apart. No one was allowed to work. Everyone was forced to hand over all of their money to David when they joined the group. And now all of these new children of God, like literally they're like children of God because they're born in the group, weren't allowed to go to school. So everyone was sitting around poor and hungry waiting for the apocalypse to happen. Like David said it would. That's the whole premise of the group is that like he's the last end time prophet and God is coming soon. So they need to live this like life of no fucking around showing God that you love him. Like these people are all waiting for the apocalypse. They're not just it's not just like they just were like, yeah, let's fuck. They were like, no, God is coming. But it, then it turned into, yeah, let's fuck. So, God can't save me now. Yeah. A former member, Michael Young, who grew up in the cult, reported that families would always be out fundraising for cash to pay rent and that all of the food that they received was from donation. They never went to the grocery store. Maybe we should try that. <laughs> no fucking <laughs> way, dude. Uh, so, needless to say, things were kind of going south. But David was armed with a bright idea. More recruits means more helping hands, which raises more money. 
David came up with the idea of flirty fishing back in 1973, which was only practiced by inner circle members or the chain, but David felt it was time to introduce flirty fishing to the general members and make it a common practice. Flirty flirty fishing was a recruitment tactic encouraging all female members, whether married or not, to go out and give God's love to lonely men and sacrifice their bodies in the name of the Lord. (laughs) David preached this as the law of love, claiming it as a blend of Christian principle and the free love ideals of the 1960s sexual revolution. But really, it's just forcing all women in the group to go out and con men into joining their cult by having sex with them. Basically, this is like church prostitution. Those words should not be in the same sentence. Ever. Yeah. Many of the members surprisingly didn't agree with this. And actually, the Phoenix family, like Joaquin Phoenix, the actor were members of the Children of God at this time, but the flirty fishing is what drove them out. I forgot that he was in this. Yeah. Joaquin's late brother, River, reported that he was just four years old when he first had sex in the group. How mortifying. That's awful. Yeah. So, in February of 1978... The Children of God was abolished due to reports of serious misconduct and financial mismanagement, the chain's abuse of authority, and disagreements about the use of flirty fishing, as well as accusations of sexually abusing and raping minors within the organization. A lot going on. A lot of reasons to abolish this fucking movement. In total, one-eighth of the group's members just dipped. They were like, we're fucking out of here. You crazy motherfuckers. It wasn't the the incest and the right, that had pedophilia. Nothing to do with it. it was just the, the grown women having to go have sex with random men instead of children. <sighs> crazy, right? It's insane. That's where we draw the line. Sex with people our age who are consenting instead of children. children. Fucking So, sorry, I went on a rant and then I lost my my place in my notes. Okay, so one-eighth of the group's members dipped. But this did not stop David for very long. Of course not. He basically just renamed the group the Family of Love and carried on like nothing had happened. In 1979, according to David, his FFers. His what? His FFers. His flirty fishers. Oh. He called them the FFers, which I think is kind of funny. Um, okay, so his FFers had, quote, witnessed to over a quarter of a million souls, loved over 25,000 uh, 25, of them, and won about 19,000 to the Lord. So basically, his followers fucked 25,000 people and got 19,000 to join the group through this tactic. Jesus Christ, people are so stupid. I what? fucking know, dude. Insane. I swear to God, this is the equivalent of, like, an MLM now. Like, yeah, right, yeah, right. Like, Except, what? like, there's no going up in the group. <laughs> right. But either way, I mean, there's just a pyramid scheme. Oh, okay, so we're going to recruit yeah. you. You're going to recruit your friends, and you're they're going to recruit their friends. I just got to say, don't 
ever say you can't do something or you can't put yourself out there because you're afraid no one will support you because this fucking raggedy ass old bearded white man got thousands of girls to have sex with a quarter of a million people because he said the world was ending wait a quarter of a million i thought you said twenty-five thousand. <laughs> did i write that wrong <laughs> oh did you yeah i did no no no, no. <coughs> a quarter of a million souls he's in his quote he said witness to over a quarter of a million souls ah gotcha okay sorry confusion there math okay so anyway um follow your dreams people but also not if they involve pedophilia rape prostitution incest child abuse child abuse or forming a cult just those but things. otherwise follow your dreams otherwise have at it it's all yours the world is your oyster yeah make a pearl <laughs> okay eventually the family of love had to stop this flirty fishing practice due to aids related concerns oh, yikes however this resulted in hundreds of quote jesus babies which was only expanding the group further Hooray. Just what we wanted. Just what we needed. Bunch of prostitution babies. With the extinction of flirty fishing in 1982, it was only appropriate that they rebrand from the family of love to just the family, since they're not going out and loving people anymore. Right, of course. So now they're called the family. By 1983, the cult had over 10,000 full-time members living in just 1,642 homes across the world. 10,000 people. What? In like 1,500 homes, 1,600 homes. Oh my God. Fucking crazy. With everything that was going on, it was only a matter of time before the government seriously got involved. In the early 1990s, many homes in several countries were raided due to child welfare concerns, but ultimately... Nothing could be proved. In 1993, Interpol launched a an investigation into Berg's activities in Argentina, because he had been in Argentina for some reason. I guess when you have, like, t- thousands of people's money, you can go anywhere. Right. But, um, yeah, they launched an investigation into his activities in Argentina, and the FBI was investigating him as well. David ended up fleeing to Portugal, where he ultimately died in his sleep of old age, even though he was only 75 when he died in 1994. It doesn't really seem that old to me, but I guess when your vessel harbors such an atrocious soul, it probably ages you quicker. You would probably not be wrong. Rotting from the inside out. All that negative energy. Yeah. After starting Mo Letters, David lived in seclusion and apart from the main body of his followers. Due to his obsession with secrecy until his death, any photos of him appearing in the group's publications had his face covered with pencil drawings, often depicting him as an anthropomorphic lion. I'm sorry, I butchered that word. Anthropomorphic lion. What is that? Um... Let's Google it because I did not. Anthropomorphic. 
Pacifism <laughs> is the attribution of human traits, emotions, or intentions into non-human entities. So basically, of like cross lion man. Oh, like, like a, a fawn or a centaur. Yeah, except this stupid fucker as a lion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So or like a sheep. Yeah. Sheeple. Before his death, he sought his wife Karen Zerby who was known in the group as Mama Maria, Queen Maria, Maria David, or Maria Fontaine, up with his right-hand man, Steve Kelly. And together, the two took over the cult after Berg had passed. After David's death, Karen and Steve attempted to distance the group from David's pedophilic preachings and get back to being a more legitimate religious organization, which they really never were, but... A for effort. Right. At least you're getting rid of the pedophilia. Yeah. Like, it's the least they can do. They ended up releasing a charter called the Love Charter for members that allowed them to have personal jobs and freedom to leave their homes while still being a part of the group. Things were starting to look up for the group for the first time ever. And even a group of the family's children got to sing for Barbara Bush at the White House. It's like they were being released from captivity, somehow find found their way to the first lady. I don't know how that happened, but... I don't either, but shit, weird. I mean... Yeah. But as people were leaving their homes and re-entering the real world, this second generation of children who were born into the cult were beginning to realize just how morbid their upbringing had been. They were like, oh, fuck. Y'all don't fuck your parents? <laughs> Yikes. And your sisters? Shit. And your aunts? And your uncles? <laughs> and everybody that lives in your house? So, yeah, things were things were not going good. Peter Frauman, who was a member of the group until 1987, said, quote, At the time, I didn't think of it as abuse. I had no concept that normal people didn't do this sort of thing. I thought it was perfectly normal for parents to have sex with their children and children to have sex with each other and with adults. When I was 11, I had sex with a 28-year-old woman and it was with the approval of everyone in the room. Later, I found out my mom was watching. Ew. How sad. That's so sad. Like, he literally had no idea that it wasn't normal like that's absolutely fucking terrifying michael young reported he personally experienced sexual abuse from members of the church or he never experienced sexual abuse from members of the church but he did witness it he said it definitely wasn't a safe place to grow up especially if you were a girl close friends of mine growing up were abused and raped in a witness testified report a member recalled Quote, a 14-year-old girl runaway who spent nine days at a Children of God commune testified she was raped and because of her refusal to cooperate with the elders was held in solitary confinement on no less than three separate occasions. Mm-hmm. So they were also just straight up abusing people. In 1993, former member Ricky Dupuy, I think is how you say his last name, appeared on Larry King Live, where he admitted he was forced to rape a 10-year-old girl by the chain. 
Ricky went on to kill himself like many other members of the group after leaving. That's so sad. Yeah. David Ito actually ended up recording a home video showing him at a table full of knives, tasers, gags, and duct tape saying, the goal is to take down my own mother. He ended up finding his old nanny and murdered her before committing suicide. Oof. Unfortunately, he was not the next prophet. Apparently not. In the 1994-95 British court case, Lord Justice Alan Ward ruled that the group, including some of its top leaders, had previously engaged in abusive sexual, sexual practices involving minors and had also used severe corporal punishment and sequestration of minors. He found that by 1995, the family had abandoned these practices and concluded that they were a safe environment for children. Okay. So that's not where I thought that was going. But shit's whack. That's what fucking Lord Justice Alan Ward said. Um, today, the group has yet, a big, yet again been renamed the Family International, seeing as how it's a worldwide cult, and follows the guidelines detailed in the Love Charter put in place by Karen and Steve. Because many members of the group no longer follow the communal living standard, Sexual sharing is less common, but still a valued practice. Gross. Yeah. Members were dropping out of the group steadily as they picked up that maybe the world wasn't ending after all. Yikes. In February 2009, they ended up making a surprise announcement that the world would not be ending after all. At least not eminently. In a series of letters to their followers, Karen and Steve admitted they really couldn't be sure when Jesus would return and that the Lord showed them that they needed to, quote, set up goals to 30 or even 30 years or even farther into the future. They told their followers that if Jesus wasn't going to come earlier to take them to heaven, they needed to worry about financing the care of older family members and the future of their children, but the entire group was built on the theory that God was coming back so members didn't have to save for their retirement or make any money at all. That's why they didn't have jobs. Because they were all just supposed to sit around and wait for Jesus to come and take them away. Yeah. And now they're like, oops, maybe we were wrong. You should get a job now and make sure that your grandpa isn't dying alone in a house surrounded by babies. Gross. That's awful. Yeah. No one really knew how to move on or integrate back into real life after spending decades in this cult waiting for Armageddon. So everyone had a really hard time readjusting to society in the real world. And um, I feel bad for them. I mean, yeah. Today, the family counts at only about 2,500 members in 80 countries. That's still a lot. I mean, considering considering all the shit that i went through yeah yeah i like went on their website and it's like very child oriented oriented it's like it heavily like highlights like their not interest in children but like care for children like they want children to be educated they have an entire children tab on their website and it's just so unsettling after knowing what really was going on behind the scenes I mean, it's just yeah. like so creepy and gross and awful and i wish them a very fuck you a very fuck you 
Yep. So that is the Family International. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like I said, there is so much more that I could not have possibly covered without, like, just wanting to die and lay down into the ground forever. <laughs> so... Well, um, yeah, I'm, if you're interested, can you can deep dive it yourself. Well, that's very interesting. Yep. I didn't enjoy it, but I did. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, <laughs> so now we're going to talk about a conspiracy theory, and mine's a lot lighter than Alicia's. So. I feel like yours are always much lighter than mine. I have no chill. That's fine. I like it. Um, so we're going to talk about the high-frequency active auroral research program, Ooh. otherwise known as Harp. Harp. We're just going to call it Harp. Okay. So, in Gakona, Alaska, there is a research center, which was first initiated by the U.S. Air Force to study the ionosphere, which is an atmospheric layer that stretches 50 to 400 miles above the surface. It is also where the Aurora Borealis takes place. Mm. And, yeah. Interesting. Yes. So, for those of you that don't know, um, the Aurora Borealis... The way that it happens is like when a sun flare gets close to Earth, the Earth's magnetic field interacts with it and it creates the Aurora Borealis. I did not know that. I actually learned that. That is not in my notes. I actually just know that. Oh. Yeah, I learned that. Big in, sexy uh, brain. I know. Get that McNeil head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I just thought it was magic. <laughs> no, it's not. I wish so I was in April of 2015, 2015, in April of 2015, the research center was transferred to the University of Alaska Fairbanks. So the U.S. Uh, Air Force, military, whatever, didn't really have much to do with it anymore at that point. Um, and that's kind of what... I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. So HARP is the world's most capable, high-power, high-frequency transmitter for the study of the ionosphere. They use an instrument called an Ionospheric Research Instrument, IRI, <laughs> which allows scientists to better understand the processes that occur continuously under the natural simulation of the sun, which again, just like solar flares affecting electrical grids and them like mitigating it. Um, scientific instruments installed at the HARP Observatory can also be used for a variety of continuing research efforts, um, but they don't involve the use of the IRI, but are strictly passive. Um, it includes ionospheric characterization using satellite beacons, telescopic observation of the fine structure in the aurora, and documentation of long-term variations of the ozone layer. Just like science stuff. Just science things. Just science things. Um, the research center costs more than $290 million to build. It was first developed to better understand the physics of the ionosphere, because we... D it's too high for like balloons and shit to get in there but too low for satellites so oh, it's like the void yeah pretty much okay um it also developed the first ever artificially produced aurora in 2005 oh. which i think is kind of terrifying yeah but anyway why I don't know. It just kind of makes me uncomfortable. I would love it if they put some of that shit up above I mean, where we live. That would be dope. One of, one of my goals in life is to go see the Aurora Borealis, but... The northern lights. The real ones. I don't want to see that artificial shit. Yeah, the real ones only. But that's also part of the reason why this is a conspiracy. Oh. So, the research center, center 
has 180 antennas across about 40 acres of land. That's a lot. So, that's a lot of antennas. Where there's antennas, there's conspiracies. Yes. Um, people believe that these antennas can control the weather, can control natural disasters, and can even control mines. Just, uh, just those 180. Just those 180, and not just in the United States, in the world. That doesn't seem like that many. To to change weather, it's to change the world's weather. So I guess a lot of like meteorologists have like put their input in on this, and like they've all said like if you don't understand meteorology, then like. Then, then like shut the fuck up yeah pretty much like <laughs> well i don't like if so. you do understand it like it makes total sense why this isn't real but like yeah you know yeah 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 i got you so nick Begich jr wrote a book called angels don't play this harp where he claimed that harp could trigger earthquakes it could turn the upper atmosphere into a giant lens so that the sky would literally appear to burn oh my god he also maintains a website that claims Harp is a mind control device. Love that. Oh, love that guy. I bet he voted for Trump. I'm sure he did. <laughs> well, I just fit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Russian military journal wrote that I, I, oh my God, this is such a hard word to say. Ionospheric testing would trigger a cascade of electrons that could flip the Earth's magnetic poles. Isn't that something that happens naturally anyway? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it is. But what? Yeah, that's stupid. 180 antennas can flip. Yeah. I mean, how big are these antennas? Are they, like, fucking... Mm, they're pretty big. Are they, like... It, okay, so, like... Telephone towers? They, they kind of look like telephone, t- telephone okay. like, things, but... Mm, I guess that is kind of a lot. Yeah, but, like... Uh, anyway. You know what? I don't understand meteorology, so I'm just going to shut the book I don't either. <laughs> Um, the Alaska State Legislature and the European Parliament held hearings citing environmental concerns. That was all I found. I don't know what exactly those concerns were. Well, um, there were concerns. I think that people were concerned that the that it was the antennas were producing heat, which were destroying the ozone mm. or something like that. I don't know. But well, all right, all right. Uh, Jesse Ventura, who was the former governor of Minnesota, a pro wrestler, and a documentary maker, questioned whether the... What? Versatile. I know. He's a triple threat. (laughs) Um, He questioned whether the government is using the site to manipulate the weather or bombard people with mind-controlling radio waves. He asked to go to the research center. They told him no. So he went anyway. Where they <laughs> turned him away. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. What's his name? Uh, Jesse Ventura. Get the fuck out of here, Jesse Ventura. God. Go Tied back. a little bitch. Go back to your buddy Ace and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, physicist Bernard Eastland claimed that HARP has the capability to control weather and neutralize satellites. Hmm. Why would it, though? Why would they neutralize satellites like for what reason who the fuck knows like i feel like satellites and antennas are on the same team (laughs) um it has been proposed as a cause of low frequency background hums said to be heard in various locales Mm, i believe that so i believe that i mean yeah but like 
I highly doubt they're trying to control your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't agree with that, but I believe in yeah. I believe in the, in the background, whatever. So, okay. This is, like, really insane to me. So, in November of 2016, two Georgia men were arrested on drug charges and were reportedly plotting domestic terrorism based on conspiracy theories about HARP. The... Coffee County Sheriff's Office said the men possessed a massive arsenal that included AR-15 rifles, Glock handguns, a Remington rifle, and thousands of rounds of ammunition. According to police, the men wanted to destroy HARP because they believe the facility manipulates the weather, controls minds, and even traps the souls of people. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. So these men had all this, all these guns, mm-hmm. all this ammunition. Yep. And they wanted to go fight some antennas. That's what it sounds like. All right. A group of winners. Yep. A group of logical. These are the same people who mind. tried to kidnap our governor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Outrageous. Anyway, uh, police say that the men confessed that God told them to go and blow this machine up that kept souls. So the souls could be released. You know what? I want to I sit down and talk to these people who hear God's messages. That's what I'm saying. Do they like, get a handwritten letter? Do they get a phone call? Like, what? How? How, how do you know? Message? Is like, it a Facebook message? What is it? Is it a fucking TikTok? What <laughs> is it? What is it that is so convincing that you are receiving the word of God? I want to know. Who the fuck knows? So... According to all of these conspiracy theorists, Harp was connected to lots of natural disasters in recent history. Mm-hmm. Remember the earthquake in Haiti in 2010? You remember how tectonic plates just shift naturally under the Earth's surface? Well, it was Harp. <laughs> well, it was Harp. It was the antennas. Remember the tsunami in Japan in 2011? Mm-hmm. It was harp. It was harp, naturally. People also believe that the aftershock earthquake was also caused by harp. Of course. Hurricane Katrina, remember that? Harp. 2005? (laughs) Harp. There was a landslide in the Philippines in 2006. Harp. Harp personally climbed that mountain or whatever and slid that land. It fucking just... Correct jack hammered it until it was ready to go until and then it, it took just... its little towered ass home right to its 40 acre land apparently there was a tornado that blew through more oklahoma in 2013 it was harp harp is so talented i know and it's more recently so remember all that snow in texas a couple weeks ago no oh my god harp. um specifically specifically <laughs> he's the snow was sent to texas to Wipe out the elderly. Why wouldn't it go to Florida? Who the fuck knows? Why wouldn't they send it to Florida? I don't know. Oh my god. Um, my brain. Yeah. So that is insane. I. Okay, it's really hard to keep a biased opinion here, because like, or an unbiased. Is it an unbiased opinion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An unbiased opinion here, because like. Believe whatever the fuck you want, but like, really, really, this is stupid. Yeah, it's so. This dumb. is the dumbest thing it's I've insane. ever heard. Insane. It would be one thing if they were like, it's ca- it's causing global warming. Like, okay, 
maybe that's another one. attributing, but like that's another one people think that this is the reason for global warming. Tsunamis, landslides, tornado, yeah. snow in Texas. I'm pretty sure that tsunami in Japan. I think that was the one that also took out that nuclear power plant, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that harp would be taking out a comrade like that. No. Power uh, plants stick together, baby. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, oh my god. People believe that due to the high frequencies that harp produces, it's used to control people's minds and basically alter reality. Yeah, maybe that's why 2020 was so weird. Coronavirus? Harp. Harp. <laughs> Well, okay, so you remember the whole 5G thing that was going around? Uh Uh-huh. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Um, Also, there's another thing about how radio stations are putting out, like, frequencies. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, frequencies that'll, like, fuck you up. Yeah, for mind control. And, like, artists are producing songs with, like, a very specific tone in it. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that before. Yeah. um, I don't... it, It also reminds me of this yeah yeah um <sighs> those sound waves look like yeah but anyway in what way are our minds being controlled couldn't tell you yeah literally like <laughs> neither sense. can anyone else with certainty but here we are um people going nuts over some freaking antennas it's harp it's harp's world what and we're just living in it is new this is if honestly if like if this is the reality that Harp is making for us, I, don't, I need to speak to the Harp's manager. Um, side note, Harp has been around for a while. I think it opened in the 90s, or like it started in the 90s. So mm-hmm. like, thanks Obama, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Obama, Harp. Harp. <laughs> Donald Trump, Harp. The Democratic Party, Harp. Harp. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. What is it? Um, Pizzagate? Harp. Harp. Yep. Jeffrey Epstein? I'm sure Harp had something to do with that, too. Harp brainwashed him. Literally. But yeah, that is... That's Harp for you. A lot of people have, like, gone on their... Or, like, written articles and stuff, like, basically telling people that they're fucking crazy and just, like, look into it and see what it's doing because it's not doing a goddamn thing. Yeah, that's um, insane. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, I hope people will like realize soon that, you know, that's not the case. Um, the United States Air Force said that they were planning to shut down the facility or like get it shut down because they no longer had any interest in it and it wasn't doing much anymore. Yeah, um, just making some colors in the sky. Yeah, and it, it did shut down for a minute and then... It actually, like, reopened and, like, people, they allowed, like, like one day a year, like, a week in, in a year for, like, people to come in and see that, like, hey, we're not fucking doing anything. Mm-hmm. And people still. Well, they've got 364 days to hide the evidence. I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, <laughs> Just kidding. That's but, so crazy. Yeah, that's, that's harp. That's harp for ya. That's harp. Well, thank you, Taylor. That was, um... That was a nice, um, light-hearted way to end. It sure was. The fucked up shit that I brought to the table. Absolutely. 
Well, well, next week, guys, we have Creep Show for you. Creep Show round two. It's the Creep Show. Uh, and should be we'll be song. here together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to make a Creep Show theme song. Please do. Actually, that was it. I already created it. Here, That's it. We'll sing that for you guys whenever we do Creep Show. Um, but yeah, we have a fun one planned for you. We can't wait. Um and where can people find us you can find us on instagram and twitter at creepy ouija pod you can email us at creepy pod at gmail.com you can leave us a five-star review wherever you're streaming or you can follow our personal accounts because we're hot <laughs> we're like really fucking hot so we're not only hot or funny which you already know but like why not stare at us too was that it did i nail it i think you nailed everything i think that was everything cool well guys we will see you next tuesday at midnight maybe at midnight i mean who the fuck knows we haven't you know We'll see. We we'll have not see. delivered on that in weeks. That's okay. We will deliver today, though. It's only 1130. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Nailed okay. It. Well, Bye. we will see you guys on Tuesday.